and welcome to the Pelican Project Podcast. I'm Crystal Comiskey. And I'm Kelly Tolman. And we want to welcome you and invite you to grab your favorite beverage, pull up a chair, join us at the table for some conversation. So this week, so this one airs on November 22nd, Kelly. So we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yes. What are your plans this year? Favorite. I love Thanksgiving. Um, so for the past 22 years in a row, um, with the exception of that one year I lived in Italy during COVID and I'm not that which we shall not speak of. That which we shall not speak of, the year of COVID. Uh, or the years of COVID. Anyways, um our friend of a friend of ours, uh Rena, he has always come up and spent Thanksgiving with the Tolman family wherever we are living in the world. Um so it's been great. So he's coming and my son has a pass and he's coming up from Fort Benning. Uh, he's down there with you um, or near you. So he's coming up and um, yeah, I'm cooking. I always cook. I always do a turkey. I always do all the cooking. I cook the day before. Usually Rena helps me. Uh, Fred helps sampling. Um, and <laughs> it's a very important job. It's quality control check. Quality control with a few beers and um, I cook with a lovely glass of wine. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love cooking. I love putting it all out and I love, um, I just really like the, like the, the, um, just everyone coming together around, around the table. I mean, you know, that's right. That's the best. So I love it. And, um, what is your favorite like food? What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? My favorite Thanksgiving side, so that would have to be um, my mother-in-law's stuffing, hands down. Tell me about it. Like a sausage stuffing, Mm. and it is deliciousness. And I have the recipe, and I I cheat a little bit at Christmas time. I make it again at Christmas time because she handles Thanksgiving. So we travel and and we see. Um, her and my sister-in-law and their families for Thanksgiving, but I will cheat at Christmas time and make it again. Cause you know, I don't have, because we're traveling, I don't necessarily get the leftovers, True, um, things, which is, you know, that's hard. It's a hard yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> so I, she has been generous enough to give me the recipe and I cheat a little bit. So technically what I do is she makes the actual stuffing and I guess what you would consider what I do is make it a dressing because I just make it like a side to um, my my Christmas meal instead of stuffing a bird with it at Thanksgiving. But it is hands down a family favorite. So oh, gosh, that sounds so good. See, so good. I have to do a totally I I have not shared this on the podcast yet. I'm gluten free, not by choice. But so I can't um, imagine. Terrible. I guess whatever <laughs> it is. It's a it's a terrible situation we have going on in uh, some of my family members. It kind of goes up family line, but so I've had to work really hard to find gluten-free options for stuffing. And I think I've mastered it. Like I think I, I've nailed it the last few years. So I, I would say that stuffing emerges as a, as a favorite, but I think the sweet potatoes, I think those are my favorite. Gosh, there's, and all the dessert. I just, I love it all. All of it. So lovely. All of it. I love yeah. eating it. I love preparing it. All I love sharing it. it. Yeah. I love all of it. Yeah. And it's it's a family time. meal around the family table, right? There's something to be said. It's a real thing. It's, <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. I love, yeah. Getting the kids involved in like setting the table, making it mm-hmm. fancy. I always get them the sparkling, 
you know, the sparkling drinks, whatever yep. it comes in like a, oh gosh. And they get to, they get to use one of the, the fancy glasses. The fancy glasses. We love that. So Shelby, um, to this day, so um, Greg's mom has her make place cards, like place card setting yeah. for each one of the settings. So she'll, that she, that's how she kind of gets into it and um, makes place cards for everybody and where they're going to sit. So, yeah. Yeah. So fun. Awesome. So November it's gratitude is the topic of conversation, you know, especially here in the U S Thanksgiving. It's a thing. It's, it's a huge thing, obviously for both of our families. So today we're going to talk a little bit about having gratitude for the gifts that God gives us. Yes. And I, I just want to insert here. We have, we don't have like cable, um, which is so glorious to just not have the news on. Like I only consume news when I want to, when I'm in the right state of mind, it's glorious, but um, we'll watch sometimes different shows like um, America's Got Talent. And we will watch that on a Saturday morning. Some of, some of them we don't watch, but some of them we do. And sometimes I'm watching it. I'm like, these are such talents. I mean, some talents are crazy, but people have talent. And I'm like, Lord, I, I think you missed me. I think I missed that line. <laughs> I don't think you gave me anything. Dang it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it is a it is a conversation that's come up in our house a few times. Um, because the kids kind of talk about, well, you know, in their minds with shows like this, with YouTube, with Pinterest, when we highlight the seemingly, you know, best gifts of, of you know, being able to decorate and draw and sing and dance, you know, not, not everyone has those gifts and, and that's okay. You still have gifts. And so I, I try and impart that into my children. Right. Yeah. Because we all do have gifts and sometimes the quieter, more unassuming gifts God uses in the mightiest of ways. Amen. So to give you an example, I'm going to read a little bit from this week's pray, grow and serve devotional. Um, I think it's a great way to explain to our children the different kind of gifts and how you can bless others with those gifts. So this is from our Pray, Grow, and Serve this week. It says, we have learned over the past year that you were created by God with great purpose. You have been given unique talents that God knows you can use to love and care for others. Maybe you have the gift of musical talent and you can soothe the weary hearts of those around you with the gift of your voice or instrument. Perhaps you have a fantastic ability to play soccer and you can teach others a skill building their confidence and camaraderie centered around good sportsmanship. Perhaps the gift of making others feel included and welcomed, or maybe you're a great listener helping others feel heard. Perhaps you can draw and share a piece of God's beautiful world through art or amazing at math and help unveil the intricate precision of God's creation through arithmetic. Our list could go on and on. I love that. That sounds so sweet. I, I really do love it. I love our prayer yeah. serves. Um, and just laying it out like that helps our little ones understand that just who they were created to be and the the little the little ways about their personality are are gifts that God has given them. Um, and so you know our kids ask, and I think it's important for us to understand. What is a gift? What does that look like? And if we're going to be, you know, theologically technical, it's a, it's a share in God's goodness. That's what it is. God sent Jesus Christ, his son. Um, he entered the world 
as a human person so that we might understand what it means to be fully human. In Gaudi et Spes, uh, one of those fancy church documents we mention from time to time, um, it says that Christ fully reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. Um, and, and all this means is the more that we, we come to know Jesus, the more we understand the value and purpose of our own human life, who he created us to be, because Jesus Christ is the perfect human. And he shows us what that means, what living in, in complete and perfect union with our Heavenly Father. And um, when we think about the gifts, Jesus was born with all the gifts, right? So he, he was born perfect. He's the fullness of all the gifts. The gifts that we have is simply sharing um, in, in the goodness of God and, and, and sharing that with the world. So kind of, I have a funny story. I love when I was working at um, a church down in Georgia as a parish secretary, one of the women who worked there was leading sort of a parish retreat. And it was, a, it was a daytime retreat. And we had had a book. I think it was, I think it's called the strengths finder. I'm sure most people are, are familiar with it. And it's, it's not necessarily a religious book. It's used um, certainly in the corporate secular world, but they have this matrix of you fill out this hundred questions or so seems like a million um, and then it gives you your top five gifts and it, it pulls from a pool of like a hundred gifts and it was really neat. And so we, we take this and I'm so excited to find out my gift. I'm like, Ooh, what are my gifts? Tell me what, oh, like, what, what have you given me? And the purpose of doing this was when you understand each other's gifts, you understand, okay, the, the Lord has blessed this person to my right with this gift. How can we make sure in this team setting we are allowing them to, to fully practice and exercise and, and honor that gift and by sharing that with our team. Like you're not going to put, you know, somebody whose gift is is leadership, you're you're going to probably ask them to take the lead on a few things. And, and some people don't necessarily have that gift. Um, so I was so excited. Got my, got my, you have to kind of add up things and then it calculates, it, it prints out what your gifts are. And my number one gift was context. I was so let down. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is context? Like, that's not a gift. I was, and then, you know, everyone was like, you know, trying to make me feel better. Like, no, that's okay. Like, context, that's a great gift. I'm like, in an emergency, nobody's like, quick, where's the context person? Like, nobody needs that. So I was, I was kind of like, God, come on. Like, <laughs> You know, but, but it's given yeah. your, your work now, given my work now, yes, it it and and moving on from from me feeling sorry for myself that God didn't give me superhero gifts. Um, I recognize certainly um, that context is a gift, and and He's allowed me to use it. And I didn't actually understand it until I, I, it allows you, it gives you kind of a summary of the gift and you can do some for, further research. And I would say it is very accurate. So our work here at the Pelican Project, mm -hmm. um, just the idea of, of 
the big, the bird's eye view, the big picture of what it means to create a cohesive moral vision and the conversations that need to happen under that umbrella so that the pro-life conversation, life affirming, understanding that life has dignity, where that starts, what those conversations are, and how abortion is a consequence of that. Euthanasia is a consequence of that, you know, all of those things. And so I think it's been helpful in creating content. So I, I do think God has given me this gift for a very specific purpose. I, I suppose right. he had the Pelican Project in his mind's right. eye, which is pretty fabulous. But right. what is your what is your gift, Crystal? I know you I haven't do. done Strength Finder, but you're more self-aware well, than I am. <laughs> oh, so it took me a long time <laughs> to figure that out. But I guess through all of my experiences and, you know, um, more situations I've been in, I think that I have found that strangely enough, support is my gift. Support. Support. Um, so details, if you will, I'm pretty good at reading situations or people and sort of anticipating needs um, and, and remembering things to the extent of um, trying to create a better experience for other people in a way. You know, yeah. so for instance, um, I don't know, like I'm not, I've been in positions of leadership and I can do that to a certain extent, but I'm generally a better number two. I am better at making sure that other people have what they need to get their job done. If that makes mm -hmm. any sense whatsoever. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because it's like milk and cookies. Like you're the details person. Right. You are the context. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You t you certainly. You're the details person. I'm, I'm big picture. I'm big the picture. dreamer. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like like this is what I want to do, and we're kind of over here like okay, but let's see what do what do we need to do to make that happen? Right, right. right? Yeah, I, it's a blessing. God has taken our both very unique gifts, right? And, because, and you know, I was for a really long time, I'm like, that's not very glamorous at all, but it's just <laughs> as important, really, when you think about it, because a lot of all of those people, all those people in leadership positions couldn't necessarily do what they do on their own. They need that support system behind them to make it all look seamless. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think your gift is a perfect example um, that. I think your gift lends itself to the reality that the gifts that we've been given are Lord, because like that support, you know, God is the king of the, you know, he's the king of the universe. He doesn't need to support anybody. But when you think about like his, his providence in always making sure that we have what we need, like you share in that gift in a way with our Lord, like the, the understanding that anticipating needs and, and knowing that, God can create a way and he uses you as an instrument to allow certain things to keep moving, um, the wheels to keep turning. And, and that's a gift. And the gifts that we've been given by God, and it's important for our kids to understand this, for us to understand this, is they weren't given to us to glorify ourselves. They weren't given to us to give ourselves big pats on the back. Like, you know, it's okay to enjoy the gifts we've been given. I mean, that's, we're supposed to enjoy those gifts. There's, you know, there's this false humility where we're like, oh, you know, like I don't have any gifts or trying to like downplay the gifts you've been given. Like, no, like name the gifts you've been given. La encourage your children, let them grow in that confidence of the Lord saw it fit 
to give me these, these gifts. And I am proud of these gifts and I want to use these gifts to glorify him. And that's a prayer that you can say with your kids. Like, Lord, help me to understand how to use my gifts, how to glorify you. So it isn't to build ourselves up, um, but it's to, to hone, you know, our life is to serve him, you know, in the old Baltimore catechism, the purpose Mm -hmm. of life to know, love and serve God in this life so that we may in the next, it's, that's what we use our gifts for. Um, And the Lord is the fountain of all the gifts. And we know that Jesus was born with all the gifts. So the more that we come to know Jesus, the more that we grow in relationship with, with our Lord, with Christ, the more we understand who God created us to be and, and what we're supposed to be doing with those gifts. Cause so, I mean, I'll tell you, I didn't know for a long time. Mm-mm. Context. Okay. <laughs> I, know for a long time. I mean, and that's it. Right? Like that's the gift. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so I, I, I always think of like, I always think about this when we're talking about gifts and it's kind of silly, but um, if you guys have been to Sam's or Costco, one of those larger stores, stores, yeah, like this is going to sound ridiculous, but like Costco samples, like when you're at Costco and they give you a sample of something like a delicious little bite of pie and you taste it, you're like, Dang, that is a delicious bite of pie. And then you ask, like, how can I, how do I learn more about where to get this pie? Where does this come from? Very similar. And I I love to use these silly examples with my kids um, or when I'm teaching Sunday school or something. Like, that's, that's the same with us. We have gifts and we use those gifts. And it's an invitation to the people around us who, who, are able, we're able to serve with our gifts to learn more about Christ. Like if we're sharing in his goodness and his gifts and all the gifts that we're sharing is, is him, us just sharing him with the world. Then as people get to know us and, and sharing in the gifts we have, they're going to say, where does this come from? I want to share in this. And the root of all of that, the fountain of all of that is our Lord. Um, so I don't know. I think that's I think that's a silly way, but it's fun. It's a good one. It, you remember it. You remember it. Yeah. Absolutely. So as parents, we want to move. We'll move a little deeper here. Gratitude for all things. We've been talking about gratitude for the good things, the gifts. But now let's talk about um, gratitude, even in the tougher seasons. The gift of our crosses. So a couple of weeks ago, Kelly, you had mentioned a verse. It was um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Mm. Yes. Gratitude in all things. All things. The gift of the cross. Yeah. Right. Certainly that's taking gratitude for our gifts to the next level. Um, you know, and script. Yeah. It's not scripture. I mean, scripture is filled with this. Um, you know, if we're, we're entering into Advent. And so I just think about Mary, our blessed mother and St. Joseph and um, just her, her journey into motherhood. Um, and then seeing Christ for the first time, there were some crosses along the way already. You know, they were, um, you know, 
they had to, to journey away for the census. You know, I'm sure Mary, I mean, Mary didn't think this because Mary was so faithful to the will of God. Um, and I'm sure Joseph would, but if it was me, that's why, you know, that's right. why. Right. In her shoes. Right. I mean, <laughs> as a third party reading this, I'm thinking, God, didn't you know that she was going to give birth? Like you, you are the, you are in charge of all things. Like you could have moved heaven and earth to not send her away for this census at this time. And I'm sure it certainly felt like a cross. I mean, for those of you women who have been pregnant, I can assure you at nine months pregnant, sitting on a donkey is Mm -hmm. not super comfortable. Not like something you want to do. No, no, not at all. Or camel. I don't know what they would have ridden. Probably a donkey. Um, So even in those, like these situations of just disruption or, um, you know, when you're kind of thrown a curveball and it wasn't what you were expecting and you feel like, you know, Lord, you called me to this and I'm trying to do my best. And now things seem to be rerouted. That's certainly a cross. Um, but it's, it's important again, like we talked about last week in school of love, the way you react in these situations, if you recognize the perspective of recognizing that rejoice always, Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. When you do that, you teach your children a very um, Christ-centered resiliency where you know that it doesn't matter where the Lord is taking you and it doesn't matter if you don't understand. He is in control always and he's going to use whatever reroute that that your journey has taken you, he's going to use that as an opportunity to bear fruit in some way. And of Trust course, we think about, yeah, if we think about Mary and Joseph, they, they make their way to Bethlehem, they make their way to a manger. I mean, that's a part of the story we always talk about to our kids. Like mm-hmm. our Lord became small. He was born in a manger, the humility of it all. Like, we derive our understanding from the word humility, from the from the concept of of Christ Jesus being born in a manger outside. Um, you know, like that was all for a purpose. We might have not understood it in the moment. That cross, that that small, seemingly small cross, considering what they had to come. Um, but it bore fruit for the rest of the world for, you know, till the end of time, we're going to talk about the fact that Christ Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And when, you know, you look at the history of, of Bethlehem and um, how that works in salvation history, like, yes, of course he was meant to be born there. That makes so much sense. Um, so gratitude in all things, gratitude in the cross. And one of um St. Rose of Lima, she has a beautiful quote and she says, apart from the cross, there is no other ladder by which we may get to heaven. And if we look at the crosses in our life, the sufferings or, or the situations that we just did not expect, we model to our children encountering those circumstances through the lens of knowing that it is by no other way than a cross that we can get to heaven. So embrace it with joy. Um, you know, and it, I recognize that that's a lot easier to say 
than to do. I mean, that's, that's the journey of the Christian life, right? I mean, last week we talked about shining his light, even when things are bad, being the light in darkness, that's hard. And also being thankful for our cross. Like this is the life, the Catholic life. This is the life of discipleship. This is inviting people into something more and living a life with your eyes set on heaven, not concerned with the anxieties of this world. Um, and I think, you know, we, we all have stories of crosses and, and perspective and teaching our kids these things. But one specific example, um, that I came upon years ago, a priest shared with me this prayer in a homily. I was overcome with it. I went home, I researched it. I printed it out. I absolutely, it is probably one of the most powerful prayers I've ever read. It's called the Ravensbrook Prayer. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. Maybe you might not be. And it was a prayer written on a piece of paper that was found crumbled up beside the body of a young girl who had died in the Ravensbrook concentration camp. Um, so in a second, Crystal's going to actually read you that prayer. And then, then we're going to end because I think it's just a really beautiful way to end the podcast with the words of this prayer. And just keeping in mind, like whatever you as a parent are dealing with as you enter into the Christmas season, it's a tough time financially for people. Um, we're coming off of a very difficult last few years um, for lots of people around the world. And whatever cross the Lord has you carrying right now, know that in all things, he is with you. And he has not forgotten that you're carrying this cross and that he is, he is 10 steps ahead of you. He's with you today and he is already there tomorrow. And that pray for the grace to have gratitude in this moment. Find something to be grateful for, however small it will be, because this when you are on the struggle bus and you can do that, those are the lessons that are going to make the difference for your children and how they live their life when they go on and encounter the cross. And so this prayer is so, so powerful. I mean, it's like knock you off your feet and we'll put it in the show notes if you want access to it. But Crystal, please, please share this prayer that was found beside so a young girl. In anticipation, I have it pulled up right here. O oh Lord, remember not only men and women of goodwill, but also those of ill will. But do you not remember all the suffering they inflicted on us? Remember the fruits we have borne thanks to this suffering, our comradeship, our humility, our courage, our generosity, the greatness of heart which has grown out of this. And when they come to judgment, let all the fruits that we have borne be their forgiveness. amazing and that again last podcast we ended on saint maria goretti teaching us as a 12 year old girl the power of god's love and in this case this young girl who we do not know her name just that she prayed these words in her deepest and most horrific suffering that's that's perspective for me and i hope it helps you this week Until next week.